Welcome to It's a Nice Place to Brew with Jason and George, a show about all things beer and beer making. Gentlemen, please broadcast responsibly. I made sure that we did not skip that part of the show. Of course not. Yes. No, it, and then this time you didn't even have to put the headphones up because guess what? I'm here. Yes. And I could hear it live in studio. Welcome back to Illinois, George. <laughs> Welcome to A Nice Place to Brew. I'm Jason. And I am George. And I'm Rich. Rich, welcome to the show as well. This is a... We have not had an episode like this in a long time. Three people in studio. Yeah, it's been a it's been a minute for sure. It has been yes. Rich, welcome back from the recent wine episode. Uh, Rich has been on now now two uh, two wine episodes, and he's joining us for uh, for his first beer podcast. Uh, Rich, of course, is a very uh, experienced home brewer as well, so he's going to have a lot to bring to the show. We have a very unique episode uh, today, to say the least, and uh, and I, I think uh, I think this is one that you all, you're all all going to enjoy. So, anyways, George is in town um, purely for um, brewing purposes and podcasting purposes. Yeah, it is. Um, this trip is all things beer and beer making. That's it, for it sure. Is. Yeah, it is a, it's well worth the trip, isn't it? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Yes. So. I do feel like we should uh, we should talk about the couple places that we've been so far. I was just thinking this. that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, what, um, Kinslager. Yes, Kinslager in Oak Park, Illinois. We yeah. visited uh, last night. Kinslager is a unique brewery in that everything that they serve is all lagers, which right. is unique. Just unique, and in my mind, usually means boring. Like, I've been to so many lager-centric places, and it's just like, well, we have a Pilsner, and we have a Hellas, and we have three other Pilsners, and it's like, come on, guys. No. Yes. Like, do something interesting. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. We also learned something just from being there at the bar and having having a couple of samples. We learned of a base malt that has both George and I intrigued, mm-hmm. and this is probably going to be a topic for a later episode um, about base malts and, o- and other malts. But we drank a beer called the Chicago Common, which featured a base malt called Red X. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So for those of you that are comic book inclined, this has nothing to do with Robin's alter ego. This uh, (laughs) is a base malt that has about 30 Levabond, which is really high for a base malt, but it still has the same potential and everything as your typical two-row. Um, but if you just make a beer just out of that, it has a really nice kind of amber red color to it. And um, so they used it along with some Munich and Melanoidin to make what they called their Chicago Common beer. And it just had a really good multi body, not too thick, but not thin either. And it was a uh, uh, really good kind of multi flavor. And I, I attribute a lot of that to the uh, the Red X that, that they put in there. So I'm excited. I mean, my plan is to use it to make an Irish Red and kick it up with uh, some other malts, uh, some caramels and things like that and make an Irish Red out of it. But I think it'll really go a long way to creating that color profile. Well, okay, so getting back to Kinslager for a second, I want to stress that when I said that, you know, your typical lager-based brewery is boring, I was surprised to find that this was not the case here. Like, these guys had a good selection, good variety, 
and interesting flavor profiles. And let's and just to color that in, they had a Marzen. Mm-hmm. They had two Baltic porters, one of which was on nitro. They had the Chicago Common, right, which we talked about. They did have a uh, a Brute IPL. Yes. Um, what was the one that was? I think it was Meditator. Meditator was a was a Dunkel, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was like a nine point eight percent yeah. Dunkel it, in a lager. In a lot, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, and it didn't take it like you caught a little bit of the alcohol heat, but not not enough to really notice it, and so right. it became a very dangerous beer because you could drink a bunch of it and you're like, oh right, ten percent alcohol. <laughs> this, is, this is a ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> That's strong, huh? Right. Yeah. 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 The common, the Chicago. No, Hill? no, the Chicago common was seven, seven, I think. Yeah. Oh, still, which is still pretty solid. strong. Yeah, because the the potential, the um, the grain potential of that Red X is also really good. So I'm interested to see. In we may just have to experiment with this, but I'm not quite sure what the ratio was of the Red X compared to the Munich. Right. Because Munich has dual. Um, capabilities as either a base malt or specialty malt. True. So I'm very interested to see what a healthy ratio of those is. Yeah. The Chicago Commons is a great example of, I mean, whatever that ratio was, it worked. It worked real well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I wonder what it would take to kind of recreate that. Well, we were talking about it too, is like, you know, that had a pretty complex flavor profile and was done really well. But Jason mm-hmm. and I were talking and, you know, I've, I've, in recent um, months when I've been brewing, I've been actually making my grain profile more minimalistic and allowing technique and hops and especially yeast bring out those interesting flavor profiles. So are you are you tracking like percentage of base to other specialty grains? Yeah. We, yeah, we like, always have. Yeah, okay. so you're keeping the, that, that percentage to between like 75-80% base grain um, still, but what I, what I mean was, like I made my um, We Heavy has two grains in it, mm-hmm. you oh, know, okay. instead, of, instead of having like five, you know, and it's just base grain and, uh, what was it? It was, uh, it wasn't Black Patent. It was... Uh, uh, oh, it was black barley. Black barley, that's what it was, yeah. Which so, is just going to give it color. Which is just going to give it color and some roastiness and, yeah. And 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 then let the, the hops and the um, and the yeast really bring out those flavors and make it that complex flavor profile that, you know, a lot of times you try to do with a bunch of different malts in there, you know? I think it's easy to go too far on a recipe. Oh, for sure. And a recipe is not going to guide you through any shortfalls in your process right like yeah. if you don't have proper sanitation if you're not controlling your temperatures and your mash and your f- fermentation in a healthy way then your beer is going to end up veering off in a bad direction yeah and i think it's something that you know it just takes time because i, I know when i first started and started making recipes and things i always thought more complex is better you know making it more have having those Complexity would equal depth of flavor, exactly. would equal better. And as I do it more and more, I find that's not true. You know, you have a good solid base, you add in an adjunct or two, and you let the technique and the and the uh, hops and yeast do their thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So question for the guys that brew way more frequently than I do. Um, and going back to one of your earlier episodes, I know you guys at one point had done um, 
a lager, I believe, and it was just one grain. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Have you guys done that again where just all base grain and you just that was your go-to, like, let's give it another go, How and, and how'd that go if you did? I've not. No. No. We, we've, done, we've done lagers since that one. I know which one you're referring to. It, I, I remember that recipe. It was one malt, one hop, one yeast. Right. I love that idea, honestly. I wouldn't repeat that in the same way. I think I could rest easy with a one hop recipe, depending on what the style was. One yeast, I'd be okay with that too. Only one base malt, maybe a little too limited. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot because it has that whole, what I used to call the white car kind of thing that if you if you have any problems, they're going to show up, you know, kind exactly. of thing. And, and there's actually a term for that. It's a smash, single malt, single hop. Um, and and it's, it's a it's a common thing for a lot of experienced home brewers to do because it kind of tests their uh, their technique and, and everything and you know it might be something that they circle back around to but while I have been See, trying to think. keep them clean I think I think a little bit of variation and complexity is also good uh, absolutely so. Ready to get onto the uh, meat of today's episode? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited that Rich was able to join us for this episode because Rich had come up with and told me about at a New Year's Eve party now less less than a month ago, and uh, now we're here and we get to we get to do this. <laughs> so this is going to be a BJCP centered episode. So building off kind of a standard BJCP score sheet, beers are judged on a basis of five categories. Aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and overall impression. So any homebrewer out here who has submitted a beer for a competition, these are the areas that they're judged on. And you're judged according to a specific style. And as as we've, we've talked about this subject on many past episodes about the framework of these types of competitions and all that George and I have learned from our years of participation in these. I'll say on the onset that George and I are not BJCP certified judges, but today we are going to put our judges hats on. Yeah, We have a variety of beers in front of us, which we are going to go through these these judging categories on and um, going to kind of present this in a, you know, a a quote-unquote um, uh, judging uh, beer judge setting. So, I so, have in front of us several <laughs> samples that will be part of uh, of this um, judging today. Starting off with Milwaukee's Best Ice. Oh, beautiful. We're passing each of these down. Yeah. Ice House. Good old Ice House. Steel Reserve 8.1%. Ah, yes, the high-gravity variant of Steel Reserve, because more alcohol is better. (laughs) Miller High Life. Champagne. Coors Light. You know, okay, I have a theory on this. No, I gotta stop. I have a theory on this. They call it the champagne of beers, because that is not a good descriptor for beer. So they're admitting that this is not good beer. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Because beer's not supposed to taste like champagne. Because is that what you're saying? Beer's not supposed to taste like or be like or have anything to do with champagne. Yes. <laughs> and yes, Coors Light. Okay, I ended on Coors Light. 
And then rounding it off with old style. Old style. All oh, right. Can't go wrong with old style. I'm pretty sure right. that was my first beer. <laughs> so it's funny you should say that. I was teasing Jason about this earlier. I said, I've got a revelation for the show that I don't know if you'll believe me. In all my time living out here in Chicago, not once did I have old style. This is going to be your first one? My first old style. Wow. Okay, we're going to have to lead off with, with, with <laughs> this, this episode right here. <laughs> <laughs> Many firsts. George, George introduced to old style. <laughs> Can't say I've had steel reserve, though, so... I'm, 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 I'm fired little, up about the high gravity one. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> frightened about this one. I told George this when we were buying it. <laughs> oh man, it's Steel Reserve. I'm trying to remember. I think that's from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Jeez. All right. All right. So how do we start? So we're oh. uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna old dive style. In. Yeah, old style. Yep. So. So this so is. You want to talk a little bit? Uh, so you, okay, old style is brewed in. Where is old style brewed? Chicago, in? isn't it? In the Chicago. I, I mean, it's being that it's synonymous with the Chicago Cubs. It seems like it would be established 1902. Right on the bottom of the can, it said, "Old world methods, choiciest hops, sparkling pure spring water." Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Really? According to Wikipedia. Here we go. All right, so score sheets, gentlemen. This is a lager, classic lager. So, so we're thinking about this from a basis of a classic lager, right? Okay, and is it to style for a classic lager? And George has poured himself a glassful. Yeah, He's man. Sta- starting off strong. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now that may change with some of the other ones, but all right. Yeah. So let's do this uh, first taste uh, formally. We can say it takes a lot of good beer to make great beer. That may or may not apply to what we're about to sip. <laughs> uh, all right, but we'll find out. Cheers! 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 Okay, starting from the top, aroma. I'm getting nothing at all. You know, I do, but it's that. It's that same kind of aroma that you get off of any of the American pilsners, you know, or lagers or anything, you know? You wouldn't expect a lot of aroma from this. Yes, Mm-mm. you're correct. Yeah, it's that same... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, it's, it's that same generic kind of aroma, which leads me to believe this is... The, uh, some of this recipe is probably corn-based and... Maybe. Yeah. But okay. I'm not sure what to add to that. I think there's there's definitely present. There's something there, aroma-wise. Right. right. Okay, so appearance. Appearance. I'll be fair on this one, because, I mean, this beer is about as clear as it could be, which yeah. certainly is what you would want to get out of a lager. So, I got to give him props right, for yes, that. Yeah, yes, this props is clear, clear flavor. Okay, flavor. Yeah. I, do, I do get a weird off flavor in the back. Yeah. That might be by design. Might be my design. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not. You know, not I sure. will tell you, like the joke that people make about these mass market beers is that there's no flavor to them. Honestly, there's there's really not a whole lot of flavor to this. Agreed. Like, and I would mark I would mark this that. down considerably for that very I thing would too, and which is a problem for them because that's one of the that's is the biggest category when it comes to BJCP judging. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely getting some malt at the end, though. It's gentle, though. Gentle. Very, it's very yeah. gentle. Yeah. I don't know. I just, the flavor, if I were to, to, to describe the flavor profile, I would say very limited malt and just watered down. Yeah. I would say that, too. What is the, do we know what the uh, percentage on this is? Five, I thought I saw it. Hold on. It's probably four and a half, five or something like that. Probably. I, I wouldn't forgive myself for looking up old style on untapped. <laughs> on untapped. Oh man, you should you should check it in. <laughs> You're like I drank old style. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> um. So, last cat. Oh, well, no, sorry. After flavor is mouthfeel. So comments on body, carbonation, warmth, creaminess, astringency, and other palate sensations for those of you that are. A little weirded out by the term mouthfeel. I go back to the watered down comment that I made about the flavor. I feel that that remains true on the flavor side too. Yeah, and if I had to put a mouthfeel on it, I'd say carbonated and slightly astringent. Agreed. I am definitely not qualified for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here. I'm, I'm sitting here like, wow, this is this is really good beer. <laughs> <laughs> If you had poured this at a brewery, I would have thought like, okay, this is like a, a decent pilsner. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit when we when this uh, episode was kind of birthed, I was thinking, man, does this solidify our beer snob creds? You know, but I, I mean, I, I think throughout the course of this episode, I think it will. Yeah, I think it probably will too. But we're trying to be fair to it, and I think and, so. And, and I'm trying to be fair to it by being critical of it. You know, of course, and, and, yeah. and looking at Good it point. and saying, you know. How could it be better? It is a 5.5 ABV. I, I did check. 5.5? Uh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So overall impression. Now, this is comments on overall drinking pleasure associated with the entry. And we're supposed to give suggestions for improvement. <laughs> so Rich's overall critique was fairly decent. Very good beer. <laughs> yeah, to, be honest, to be honest, there's a reason that this has been a staple in Chicago for how long? I mean... Established 1902. I can't imagine the recipe has changed very dramatically during that time. Nah. I mentioned uh, my earlier comment about the Chicago Cubs. This beer is synonymous with... The Cubs. The, ble and the people in the bleachers and things like that. You know, I mean, overall impression, I'm going to say that it is easy drinking. It's a slightly astringent, but not so much that it's off-putting. Right. And while there's not a lot of flavor to it, there is enough that if you keep drinking it, that you're not going to feel like you're just drinking water. Agreed. You know, so it, it's, it fits with the classic American lager style of just an emphasis on drinkability, but... I think there's, I think if they change the recipe a little bit, which I'm sure is sacrilege to some people, but and and up the flavor profile a little bit, that they've got the potential for potentially a really great beer there. Well said. I'm curious how much of these uh, that we have on the table are using rice in their mash. And yeah, corn. That, that's that's rice a thing. And corn. Rice and that's corn. a great question. Yeah, I'm imagining a lot. Uh, no cores does. Yeah, for sure. I know Coors I think does. They advertise that too, don't they? I think they do. Well, no, oh, no, that's, no that's 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 yeah, yeah. And, and have homebrewers ever done this? Who 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 tried to go out and make a clone of a mass-produced, 
you know, light lager, American lager. That's I a think good, I've seen it done. I've, throw some rice, throw some corn. Just see see if you can make a taste like one of these that we have on the table, right? I mean, that that's all right. That, that should be I, a thing. <laughs> I admit, I've never brewed with either rice or corn Agreed. for any recipe. And, and but I've been thinking about it because that's a big part of Mexican lagers is corn. Okay. So I've been thinking about that because I want to make like a, a Corona clone. Okay. And now that we have, we both have the small kegs because I don't want to make five gallons of Coors Light to have in my house. But <laughs> Why that, not, George? <laughs> <laughs> but now that we have the small kegs, yeah. I could see making a gallon and a half, two gallons of it. Sure. And, you know, yeah. You're, you're going to have to let us know how that goes. Mm, I'll <laughs> send you some snow globes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All Ready right. for round two? Round two. Well, did Rick? you guys give overall impressions? Or? Oh, no, I'm, I'm echoing your comments on that. I just, okay. I feel it's watered down. I, I, I very much like your comments about maybe one or two tweaks on the recipe could really give this beer more life. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to be agreeable. You guys. <laughs> So, well said, guys. Dealer's choice. Where do we go next? <laughs> oh, um, Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee's okay. best. Ice. Ice. <laughs> yeah, this I'm is not sure. Ice. I'm not sure I've had this beer before. So this is 5.9%. Okay. And, I mean, it's right in the name. It's the best thing to come out of Milwaukee, right? Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Whole bunch of Wisconsinites just punch the air. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. No additives or preservatives brewed across the U.S. But yeah, all right, let's give it a shot. Okay. How much did we pay for this beer, George? Well, we paid uh, five dollars <laughs> for four of them. So four tall boys of the selections <laughs> that we have here. This beer, I think, sold uh, twenty-four ounces for a dollar nine. We that. really broke the bank on this one. Yeah, the things we do for you guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rich. This this pours very close to the way that old the old style poured. Yeah, I I think that's probably going to be a trend we're going to see. Probably. Yeah. So the color is almost identical. It's clear. I I dare say it's almost clearer than old style. Maybe that might just be my yeah, eyes. I mean, it's, you I guys mean, it's, know that's not good, but um. It's not noticeably different, okay. in my opinion. So on the nose, I'm getting kind of uh, a little bit of yeast and a little bit of malt, maltiness. I don't know if you can if that comes off in uh, aromas, but that's kind of what I'm getting. You know, maybe, I, maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Breadiness, maybe, I guess. I don't know if I go with breadiness, but definitely, you know, it has some flavors, uh, some uh, aromas from the malt. A uh, little bit of yeast, definitely zero hop character. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? The taste is the same on that front. There is little to no hops presence there. All right. Well, you're jumping ahead, but, yeah, you we're, know. We're messing the order up yeah, here. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we watched. Uh, I'll, I'll cut that out. What were we watching earlier today? It was uh, Rewatchable or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Rewatchables. Yeah, the Rewatchables. And, and one of the guys kept jumping ahead. He's like, we're not there yet. <laughs> and so yeah, that's kind of what it be. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, back to the, to the appearance it is crystal clear and definitely had the you know the excessive carbonation that you find with these the style yes um actually good head retention if you uh take a look it, it the it kind of went um down you know from the first pour but that 
There is some residual. There is some residual head and it's sticking to the side of the glass, which is always a good sign. Like a fine wine. Like a, yeah, it's got legs. Is that, is, that, is that what they call it? Well, in wine, yeah. True. Yeah, but I'm not, Okay. You know, I'm just making stuff up. It sounded good. Yeah, you tilt the, the wine glass and it leaves the streaks, and I guess... Um, that's how you say it? It's got legs? Yeah, it's, I it's, think it's so. talk about the legs of the wine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It has so. to do with the alcohol content, I believe. Yeah, I should probably know more about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's like let's, that's another episode. Another yeah. episode. There you go. <laughs> All right. So talking about the flavor. Okay. What do you no, think? N- no hop character or very little. I like the carbonation level, but that's kind of mouthfeel, I guess. That is a little bit more mouthfeel, but it's just flat flavor wise. Something at the end, I'm not. I'm not a fan of. Um, is it well, how's it coming through like astringent or astringent probably yeah is it like sharp yeah 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 i'm kind of seeing that too mm-hmm. yeah Ugh, do not like no <laughs> no that, that, it just no. lingers right yeah. it's, it, it just it, it kind of sits there right yeah. in the back of your oh. mouth that's the the, that's the overwhelming flavor that comes through with that yeah. in addition to just a watered down body yeah, other than... So don't stop drinking. <laughs> I mean... The, then the aftertaste will, will, yeah. will just linger and sit there. <laughs> it's like hair it's the weird. dog. I, I, I feel it like right on the top of my mouth. Do you guys get that too? Yeah, it's it's hitting the uh, the, the, the palate real hard. Yeah. 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 Whew. Uh, oh, mouthfeel? Other than the carbonation, I agree with you. I'm not a fan but it was it did have that really high carbonation kind of almost soda levels. Yes. Yes. I appreciate the carbonation. That's like the one thing I actually enjoy about this beer. <laughs> I wonder of how much of that lingering mouthfeel is tied to just the carbonation level. It might be. I mean that's that's kind of the way it feels. It's it's kind of tingling like right on the top of my mouth. Yeah. It it, it in, like I said almost soda which is usually high unless you're doing like a sparkling right type of beer which i don't think this is what that's what this is intended to be no so overall impression yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah, well well said I, you know i don't and, and 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 so let me put on a slightly more critical lens here um the carbonation i think is a little high body is basically non-existent mm-hmm. uh and flavor is if anything astringent and and lacking it's not it that it, there's a lot of change that would have to happen to this to really make it a good um have, give it a good flavor profile and, and and make it a well a better beer so i'd like to call out this beer for false advertising <laughs> because milwaukee's best is simply a lie yeah. milwaukee you're better than this yes so my overall impression is that I'm actually going to crack open my LaCroix as a, as a palate cleanser <laughs> before we approach the next beer. Okay. All right. That says it all. Yeah. And, and can I make the Wayne's World reference real quick? What? Alice Cooper, Mille Walke. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The, the good yeah. land. The good land. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, what are we doing here? We got backstage passes for Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. I think, I think George, you're up on the on the next choice. Yes, I you picked, would be. Okay, am I? Okay. I so, picked one, Rich picked one. 
So, okay, if we're going to rank them a little bit, right now I'm saying that old style is head over heels over Milwaukee's Agreed, for sure. All right. I'm going to go to... You know what? Let's line them up according to... Yeah. uh, According to their... Uh, n- not the not the way we yeah we sampled them but the, yeah the best best yeah. ones to the right worst ones to the left yeah very good all right so old style is the front runner right now. Okay. old style is the front runner after two judgings I am gonna throw uh, steel reserve into the mix here let's go <laughs> let's spike the alcohol right. and then come back down so we're going strong here we're going strong so this is steel reserve high gravity. And uh, I really don't. Can, can you read the description of this on the, on the side? Yeah, up at the top. Oh, extra malted barley and select hops for extra gravity. <laughs> Slow brewed Wait a- for exceptional smooth, exceptionally smooth flavor. What does that mean? Select hops for extra gravity. Yeah, I have no idea. That doesn't make sense. No, hops would not add to the gravity at all. It would not. (laughs) It could have just been poor wording. (laughs) They they mentioned the the, the heavy grains, right? No, no. No no reference uh, to grain? Extra extra malted malting, probably. Extra malting. Extra malted barley. So they basically say we threw more barley in there. Uh, Yes. You know, which, duh, you know, more gravity, more more barley. You're going to get that either from grains or from sugar. So Exactly. Yeah. The comment about hops is confusing. Jason, you're... uh, you're Catholic. Do you want to cross yourself real quick before we do this one? I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Rich is Catholic too. So. <laughs> Definitely got to bless ourselves for this one. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Aroma. You know, I'm, it's actually kind of pleasant on the aroma. It's kind of an ale aroma yeah. to me. This is what I get from, like, the start or... I guess when I'm racking into secondary, this is what like in my ales would be yeah. like from a aroma standpoint. It, it, and like I said, I mean it's not overwhelming, it, but it's present and it's kind of pleasant. See, I'm not getting much of anything. Well, don't. There's, there's no there's no hops in it. Don't look at it like you're trying to judge aroma of say a Belgian because you're no, not. No, gonna, I'm, I'm not trying to. I, I just when I when I smell this, I don't feel like I'm smelling anything. It's, it's, Smell this one because it's got more head. You getting a little bit more there? Not really. Huh? I'm not. No, I've, I'm. I'm not getting that. I wonder what the difference it's, is. It's to me very similar to the Milwaukee's best aroma, aroma wise. Now that the my the head's kind of gone down on my glass, but initially it was very ale-y to me. That's that's what what it, that what I was getting. Yeah, it just stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so appearance. Uh, less def- less carbonated than the last ones. Less carbonated, which I think is going to work in its favor. Yeah, and it's got very much of a yellow, more so than I think the other ones. Yeah, yeah. The Lova Bond is probably a couple points lower than the Milwaukee's best. Yeah, that we just poured. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, good lager color. Good. Is, I, that's I what agree. I'm, yeah, I, I agree. think it is a really good lager color. Yeah. Okay. So, flavor. <laughs> It's a little hot, I think. Yeah. yeah. Hot is what I get, too. The malts definitely come through. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there fruitiness at the end, guys, or or no? Um, no, honestly, I think that's alcohol that you're, mm-hmm. you're 
you're tasting. Yeah. Because the more I drink it, the more I'm getting a a buildup of uh, I agree of alcohol on my palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a high gravity. They say it's a what eight point eight percent, eight point one. So it's, so it's, an imperial, it's an imperial lager. So it's an, an imperial lager, um, which means it is twice to three times the alcohol percentage of some of these other ones. If any of these are like 3%, yeah. Well, I think Coors Light is like 4.2. Okay. So, yeah. So I think up front it's quite malty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not much for hops going on. No. No, definitely not. Any hops that is in the character is purely drowned out by the alcohol and the grains. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think the flavor is bad. No, I really I, don't I, either. I don't. Especially and, and, for such a high alcohol percentage. Exactly. And I would put this in the front runner on the flavor front. I think there's of, more I think there's more character to this beer and I think that character makes it more enjoyable for me. I honestly wondered if this one might be a a, a bit of a dark horse victory because the higher alcohol percentage, mm-hmm. if it really did come from grain, is also going to mean more flavor, more body, more you know, more everything. I agree that that extra grain is going to show show itself in the flavor as well. Yeah. To me, this is right in between. This is between the old style and the steel reserve. So this holds. This goes in the number two space. I, I could buy I, that. I, I think so. Okay. It's, well, it also it's a little bit. Um, out of character with the rest of the, the the beers we have on the table, um, it's I think hard to compare. What was the percentage on this again? Eight, 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 one. It's a little on the high side, so it's yeah. I think I think it deserves to be at the number two spot at this point. Okay, you know, and I'd I'd agree with you if only for the reason of the and this comes in the the next category is mouthfeel, the hot nature that builds on the palate detracts from it enough that I think it is it deserves a second place behind old style. What do you mean by detracts though? I would rather that flavor and that feeling not be there. Like I feel wow, okay. I feel like I took a shot. You yeah. know, a little bit in yeah. the, in, in my palate. Okay. And I'd rather that not be there. Okay. And okay. so I think that detracts from that enough that I agree that old style would be in the number one oh. spot still. Okay. All right. Then this throw this in the, in the number two spot. Do you, do you agree? I would vote this to be in the number one slot right now. Okay. I think for the, okay. re, for the reasons that you just described, and I'll echo each of those comments, I just personally enjoyed the added mouthfeel and the added alcohol that that brought. Okay, and I appreciate that beer because I think it veered off in its own direction with those added malts and the added alcohol, and I think it sets itself apart in a good way, in my opinion. Okay, well we don't so, we don't have to agree. We could no, yeah. we could, no, no, we no, could no, let no, them no, be no, a tie. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Majority rules. You guys, okay. no, All right. yes. Um, I'm saying overall impression for a domestic lager pilsner style yeah the steel reserve is a little out of character nobody's wrong so, here true. the old true. style is, got... is overall yeah. impression wise more balanced and more appropriate to the style okay is well that's where i'm going speaking of overall impression of just steel reserve itself i think if they could find a way to balance that alcohol to to calm that down 
not the percentage, but to incorporate it into the beer better, that this would be a, a runaway favorite on this. Uh... Well, to be honest, I think if they did that, I think this would be the result. You think so? Well, I'm not saying reduce the, the alcohol. You think it would taste like that? I think side by side, they'd be almost unable to And since this is radio, decipher. he just held up I'd the held old up style the old can. Style can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think I think if I think if you if you um narrowed the grain bill down on the steel reserve, I feel like old style is what you would get. Well, I'm not even saying narrow narrow down the the grain bill, but there are ways to kind of balance it by you know, maybe changing how you're using the yeast a little bit, aging it a little bit more. And, you know, you, you you have those high-gravity beers. Sometimes you let them age for a little bit more. That alcohol hit calms down and becomes less prevalent, but you still—it it smooths out, basically. That's, that's fair. And I think the lagers that we had last night, many of which were on the high-alcohol percentage scale, I think that presents an example of that where that— um, where you find ways to— soften the flavor of them right because i mean we had eight nine ten percent beers we would sip them and be like i'm not getting that high alcohol at all right it's way smoother than that yeah it had depth of flavor and and smoothed out enough that you yeah. know in that uh what is it meditator or whatever the yeah the 9.8 i did catch some heat on it but mm-hmm. it was balanced with other things well said. And maybe I'm asking too much of Steel Reserve. But, you know. <laughs> so if, if I had made Steel Reserve and I thought to myself, what can I do to improve this? I would go back to the drawing board from a hop profile perspective. I would see what else. Should, I, I would just I would just go heavier on the hops. Yeah. Okay. And give, okay. It, give it another okay. go. I think the malt's there. And if you're going high alcohol, high gravity, that's there. Um, so that that would be the one thing I would change. So that would balance out nicely, I think. I think it would. I, I, see, I would see your help. point. Yeah. yeah, I think that would change what a lot of people like about it because is it isn't that because higher hop for a lot of people means lower drinkability. You know, they don't want that bitterness and things, and so I think they purposefully downplay the hops in these because they want to make sure that it's drinkable to a mass market in a multiple at a time kind of way right good point yeah oh they they did that then they did that. yeah yeah they definitely did that okay all right we're halfway through we are all right let's uh let's clean out these glasses and uh, just clean the palate a little bit okay that's fair so while we do a quick water break uh i did want to and since we're halfway through i have a trivia question for the both of you okay nice okay so German beer steins have a lid. So I recently got it posed to me a question, why do German beer steins have a lid? So I looked up the answer, and I know the answer, but I want to get you guys' take on why do German beer steins have a lid? Wow. Yeah. Insert Jeopardy music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is not right, but I'm going to say it's because they don't want rain water to fall into their beer. Okay. During Oktoberfest outdoor celebrations. Okay. That's a good guess. It is a good guess. Nice, solid guess. 
I'm, I'm going to say to to keep debris out. Okay. Something you can keep on a bar uh, and then leave and come back to. Okay. And have your beer be without any debris. So honestly, you both are very close. Uh, it came out during the bubonic plague. Oh. And they have lids on them to keep flies and fleas and things like that out of it so that people, you know, wouldn't contract the plague. <laughs> and so and then it just kept on going after that. So it's not it's nothing like a like a plague to change how people do things, I guess. What century was that, the bubonic plague? Uh when was that? Was that sixteen hundreds? Yes. Okay. It? It's been it's a long long time now. Okay. Yeah. That was a guess. I could be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> sounds, I, sounds right. It sounds right to me, but um, but yeah, that's why. And it's a, uh, and it just has carried on to this day. And plus, they look neat, right? Oh, they look great. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So my original guess was like you that old um, German beer houses were probably dirty places yes. to keep debris yep. out of the beer, and so I was pretty close too. But yeah. That's a that's a great great one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, so we're back to Rich, I think. Or are are you? Do you need? Do you go first? Jason. Jason. I'll, I'll go. All right. Which one, man? All right. Let's do the high life. The champagne of beers. Yes. <sighs> All right. Oh. I'm not George looking forward is win- to this. George one. is wincing. Hey, I just heard about sake beer. So come on, how much more? How much more off is a champagne of beers? Come on. Where did you hear the sake beer? Which episode? This was like maybe episode... Like a sake bomb? George, you were talking about this in one oh, of the episodes. Yeah, it's entirely possible. This, this thing's been going for almost five years. It, it has. It has. <laughs> we, are, we are coming up on our five-year anniversary. George and I were talking about that earlier today. Yeah. Whoops. We definitely, oh, crap. Uh, poor. I need to... I still had water left. No, I'm not, so dr- I'm not drinking down water. No, <laughs> I refuse to do that. Oh, man. All right. You should not water down your high life. Mm. All right. Champagne of beers. You know, honestly, for it being called the champagne of beers, the carbonation looks to be less than some of the other ones we've had. Less than the uh, the old style in the Milwaukee's Best. Less? Yeah. Look how look at how high those bubbles go. No, I'm sorry. When I poured the Milwaukee's best, there was like just an endless parade of bubbles coming up from the bottom. Uh Well, that's interesting because my beer poured very differently than yours. Look how high yours went. This is how high mine went. Yeah. (laughs) To me, they all look very much the same. Yeah. They're they're all clear. Because then these guys are all filtering their their product as well, right? I Correct. mean, they're not yeah. going to oh, sit yeah, there. For sure. These, these how homebrewers do it. These are all large breweries. They have they have the resources to make the product they're intending to make. Yeah. So, from a aroma standpoint, very much like the Steel <laughs> Reserve to me. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got that. The hop character is really not there. No. Right. Not much for hops here also. I think we need a macro that we can just press, and it says the hop character is not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this meant to be a ale or a lager? I think it's meant to be a lager, but I'll tell you what. From an appearance standpoint, it is clear. Uh, and 
would you say that's lighter from a yellow standpoint more towards clear i think so yeah okay yes uh, um so skipping slightly ahead to the flavor there's nothing to it pretty flat yeah overall very oh, what's it uh dry dry is a good yes. one agreed actually Which, does fit it's, with it's the driest one we've had so far yeah but just like there's no depth or complexity of flavor at all right i think the dryness is the one character that stands out i think you nailed mm-hmm. it this that and that might be the reason why this is a go-to for so many people i think because if because it doesn't um it's not overwhelming it's right. just right dry i mean they do talk about this beer as a beer that you can drink all day a lot yeah, yeah all day exactly yeah and what does it say what the percentage on it is? Four point five. All right, so so yeah. low alcohol, so dry. If, if you're gonna drink all day, grab a high life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll be I'll be gentle on this. I think I think this is exactly what they intended to make. Agreed. Agreed. Now I will say, you know, on the next category, mouthfeel, I'll give it props on that. Okay, it's not astringent. There's not an alcohol hit. It's very, it's not overly carbonated. It's very subtle. And again, kind of like the flavor just kind of sits there, <laughs> but in <laughs> not in a bad way, you know? Okay. You're smirking at me. Why are you smirking at me? No, no. I just, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple of moments where we have to Give select <laughs> where the champagne right. of beers is the champagne ranks. of beers a true contender because <laughs> i think it might be oh man um i'm gonna it, so overall impression real quick before i think for what it, i agree with your statement entirely that for what they wanted it to be it is that yeah for the style it's weak but you know I think for what they wanted it to be, it is that. So yeah, if you're putting your um, BJCP hats on, right? Mm-hmm. Where does it fit to the style? It's it's it's, it's a it's, little flat. It's a little dry. Not, I would put it more on the not to style side, to be honest. But Agreed. I think I think it's that wasn't their intent either. So mm-hmm. so, fellas, where do we put it? Right now, <laughs> for as a recap, we have. Old style. As the front runner. As the front runner. And then we have Steel Reserve High Gravity. And then Milwaukee's Best Ice. So This feels like the Olympics of right. inexpensive beer. I would hesitate, but my impression would be above Milwaukee's Best. Rich? Okay. I would say... It's, this is a hard one be, for be, like uh, between the steel reserve for me. Um, I think it should go behind the steel reserve. So between but, steel reserve and Milwaukee's best, yes. I'm right where you're at. Um, I'm torn between the second position, um, but I'm leaning right where you are, right between steel reserve and Milwaukee's best. All right, and, and that was a hard choice for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then we are yeah. agreed. The, yeah. I don't dislike this beer. You know, it's, I mean, to George's point, it is not the style. I agree with that. 
Um, the the dryness is a unique character that does set that apart from the other beers that we've had so far today. Yeah, I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, it's so. Not- I, I mean, I I would not if this beer was offered to me, I would not be like never. I'd be like, yeah. are you sure there's not something else? But if there wasn't, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'll, I'll drink a high life. So from, drink- an, from an overall impression standpoint, this one to me is a very drinkable beer. Yes. Um, drinkability factor high with this one, I would say. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Old um, style is still the front runner. Number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was your pick, right, Jason? Yes. All right. Rich so is next. Rich, you're next, man. You you get to you actually get to choose the next two, oh, basically. We're down to Ice House and Coors Light. Yep. Let's go Coors. Going Coors. Oh, All right. Your silver bullet. <laughs> it's a funny story about that. So to this day, my grandfather, and he will go to his grave saying this, that he coined the term silver bullet for Coors Light. He, we used to go to uh, North Carolina to the Outer Banks every year, and he claims that he was calling it the Silver Bullet before Coors did. So his working theory is that there was some Coors executive on the beach with us, <laughs> overheard him, and said, you know what, that's a goddamn good idea, and took it back, and it became the thing. Has he been saying this your whole life? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> This is your grandfather? Mm-hmm. I believe it. <laughs> okay. So before we get into the aroma, when you think of Coors, what comes to mind? Besides your that awesome story about your grandfather. <laughs> the Rocky Mountains. Uh, the Rocky Mountains, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, for me, Coors Light is like the quintessential American lager above any of the other ones like that is okay you know when when, if someone says name an american lager this is the very first thing that's coming to mind ahead of budweiser and miller yeah and ahead of you know regular cores and cores banquet and all this this is what's coming to mind for me okay i like it way to go cores yeah 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 and that may very well be because my family is all about brand loyalty and uh, and this was the beer growing up. I mean, you were influenced by your grandfather from, I'm sure, a very young age. Very so. young age. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. How's it smell, boys? Not uh, To me, not a lot going on there. No. Mm-hmm. No. no, not a lot going this on. This is clearly a recurring theme. I think we've said that about each one of these beers so yeah. far. And it's funny, too. When you look at the BJCP sheet, the flavor gets 20 points. Aroma gets 12, appearance gets 3, mouthfeel gets 5, and overall impression 10. Yeah. For a total of 50, right? Yep. 50. It is a bit odd. I mean, there's certain numbers that just seem a little out of place. I mean, I get why flavor gets as big of a... Of course, yeah. yeah. But appearance is only 3. Yeah. I mean, that's an immediate giveaway whether or not there's problems in your technique. For sure. If you have debris... Or your beer is cloudy and it's not like a New England or something like that. Or, or you know, you crack open a homebrew as you, as you sometimes do, and well, not hopefully not often, but you know, and you pour it and you get that kind of like soapy kind of thing going. Oh, on Oh, exactly. The top. Yes, that's an appearance yes. thing, but it's a it's a 
you know, an indicator that something's not good. Absolutely, you yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, flavor and aroma kind of go hand in hand just because, like, the, the human senses, right? Smell and taste are so similar. Mm-hmm. I think they, they are the connected. That's true. That the aroma is getting 12 points on this scale, um, which to me makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, but appearance is quite low, actually. That's it is. That's the yeah. one number that strikes me as odd. Yeah. I, I can see that being more balanced with mouthfeel. Like, make a both five, take a point out from somewhere, two points out from, like, make... Aroma yeah. 10, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, speaking of appearance, what do we think? I mean, it's I mean, it's the same as the other ones, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the color is almost identical with the highlight that we just poured. Yeah. The, the carbonation, a little bit less. Yeah. I think this might be the palest of the beers we've tried. It's very okay. close. It's, it's very pale. close. Yep. That scores light. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, carbonation is kind of mid-level and and I think that is the most pronounced flavor on, uh, of it when I when I taste that. Yeah, a little kind of somewhat effervescent. Yeah. But only and I only call it that because there's not a whole lot else that would affect the flavor. Right. You know? It does not have the dryness that the high life had. Very true. And I'm, I think I'm I think just, that's a big the thing that sets it apart. Yeah, I'm, to me, mouthfeel is like one of the highest things about this beer that I'm, that stands out. Like just good or bad. Good. Okay. okay. Just the carbonation and just because flavor wise, there's there, it's there's not a lot happening to me. Right. It's, uh, it's I suppose it's balanced. Well, but, man, that's not a bad thing to say about a beer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I wish there was more to it a little bit. Mm. But I, I, but I, get, it, I get that. I can understand, though, why a lot of people might gravitate towards this because of its neutrality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll go with anything, you know? This is kind of side-by-side side with old style, in my opinion, because I feel like they both achieve that. It's like it's not, it's not a real rich flavor profile, but it fits in with, I think, what both breweries set out to make. Yeah. I agree for sure. And I would say that Coors Light is the milder of the two. Where I think old style has more flavor happening. Do okay. we need to do we need to redo our taste of old style next to that? We might have to go side by side. Yeah, yeah. There's one right Let's here. Do, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, old style is definitely darker. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Thank you. You know, the other reason why I'm glad you uh, said this because I am debating between what should be one and two. Between the two of them. Agreed. I'm still digging the old style over the cores. That's so close. So close. It's so... So close. Wow. I like the back end of the old style because there's something there, mm-hmm. whereas the cores to me is more neutral and is much less there. I, I like that there is some sort of flavor happening. I'm kind of getting that added flavor on the back end that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's that little bit of punch that old style has. And I think, I think you're right. I think God. it... I, it, it's barely different. It's barely different. I cannot believe how this is turning out. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. But I think we got to do old style cores one and two. That's my opinion. I agree. I agree also. All right. Well, old I, I style, mean, you are still, I, and you're. I, I, I feel. I feel somewhat uneducated doing that because the differences are so slight. Like I. I 
there's not a discernible factor that I can put old style above. Yeah, Coors this Light. is this is almost one in one point five. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> but are, are but are we doing this wrong by not including Bud Light and Miller Light? Um, no, no. We, we, it just and the only reason is because they weren't available to us. That's it. Yeah. Jason didn't want to get a, a six pack, and <laughs> no. so he's like, I spent hey, my five dollars. <laughs> I bought a case each of Coors Light and Old Style, oh. the two best beers on the table. George right now. and I talked about that. I said on the onset, I was not willing to do that. I'm not going to buy a whole and, bunch and, of beer that I'm never going to drink, and I, I'm happy I bought them. <laughs> well, you're going to go home and drink this. Well, what you, of course, I am. What do you mean a case? Like how many? Like a twenty four. <laughs> like twenty case. Oh, ouch. I walked proudly Rich. to my car Rich. with uh, the best domestic mass-produced lagers in this country. You don't know that yet. We still have Ice House. Hey. Ice House might be a oh contender. I guess we'll see in a moment. We will. All right. So, Ice House. Oh, my God. So, I don't know, guys. This is. Uh, it says right on the can, ice brewed for bolder taste. <laughs> and what exactly does that mean, guys? Can, we, can, can a homebrewer do really that? Don't know. No I don't know. I really clue. don't know. Like, ice and brewing oh, has God. nothing to do with each other. Like, so I had always unless, thought. I mean, it, it, like the lagering and for you know the lager fermentation, it can be you know I could see how ice could come into play there. Okay, but, so it's from a temperature standpoint, then right. But that's the only. That's the only. So I'm sorry. See, you were saying. So yeah. So my, my what I had always thought was Ice House was one of those beers where um, they would freeze it and remove the water, so what's left behind is just insanely strong beer. And I could be way off and totally wrong there, um, but that's what I don't know. I might have heard this in like high school. Or I, re- something. I really, I really <laughs> it could don't have know. Been by some dumb jock. I don't know. I don't, well, no I mean, it's only five point five percent. That's so. true. Okay, I might be thinking of something else then. I, I have heard of people doing that as a method of uh, increasing alcohol content. Okay. What you're talking about is called an Eisenbach. Yes. Where where you freeze off the non-alcoholic parts of beer. This def at a five and a half percent. That it's, certainly is not this. No. So I've, I think I found this. So I found a Wikipedia article. It's called Ice Beer. Ice Beer is a Canadian term for pale lager beer, which has undergone some degree of Fractional freezing during production. Wow, I was I, wrong. Because that's what they're talking. Fractional freezing—that's well, the Eisenbach technique. No, but it does. That doesn't necessarily mean that that said ice was then removed, which is the Eisenbach technique. It okay, just means that so, it froze at some point. Yeah, it may have thawed and was still in there. You well, know? okay, let's let's go further. See if, see if where that goes. The process of icing beer involves lowering the temperature of a batch of beer until ice crystals form. Since ethanol has a much lower freezing point than water, when the ice is removed, there we oh. go. The alcohol concentration of the beer increases. That's so, that's the Eisenbach technique. Yeah, no, you're right. That is. So, yeah. what the hell did they brew it at? Is like a four percent, and then did that to get five point five. I mean, that seems like a lot of work to, it seems to like a go ton up of work. a pump point and a half. Right, yeah. Well, if you're calling your, your beer Ice House, you, you have no choice. <laughs> Better do something with ice, yeah. Okay, all right, so. Uh, all right. Aroma. There's much easier ways you could accomplish that. You know, I'm, it's got a solid aroma. 
I, you know, poor Rich is over here smirking like, <laughs> this God damn it, is this going to get better than old style? <laughs> to me, this was the, the least, my, my least favorite aromas, I think, of all the beers on the table. Le- least favorite least aroma? Least favorite aroma. Yeah, really? I think so. I mean, it's definitely more significant than some of the other ones. I'll give it that there's actually some aroma there. Yeah. For sure. I'll give them props for that. Yeah. It's just not necessarily to, to my liking. I can understand that. Okay. Jason, you still got nothing? No. There's a, li- there's a little hops there, I, I, just, I think. I may, chalk this up. I, just, I may just have to, yeah. Yeah. I've... I mean, all of these are really subtle. It so. is really subtle. You're, you're right. And yeah, I don't know what to ch- chalk it up to. On an appearance, maybe I just I just have a poor sense of smell. On an appearance standpoint, I definitely think it's one of the darker ones. We may just have to get like seven glasses and pour them all out yeah, and take a look. Take a look at them. You know, honestly, we can close off the episode by doing that yeah. if we really want to. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Sure, sure. Okay. See where they stand, right? Yeah. All right. The meat we have plenty it. of beer left in these cans. <laughs> We've not polished off anything. The meat of it, flavor. Here we go. I don't want to be the first to chime in. Watery. Watery. Yeah. Watery flat. <laughs> F- fl- not flat as in not carbonated. Flat as in like flat flavor. Sorry. Both. Sorry. Both? Both. I think from a, the song, I'm jumping to mouthfeel, I guess. It's just it's not, it's not as carbonated to me. It's definitely less carbonated than some of the ones we've I, had. Yeah. I know. He loves this. Know. He's having a great time. You're, yeah. just, you're just imagining me walking out of Pete's Fresh Market no. with, two, with two cases in hand, happily walking away. No, it's not that. It's partly that. Oh. <laughs> this is an all-time highlight for the show, you guys. All right, so here's my we're, thing. We're ranking the, the worst. Beers. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I got to try the Milwaukee's Best here real quick. I got to, uh. yeah. <laughs> We we should definitely You're, go back to the Milwaukee's best and give it a second shot. We're giving Milwaukee's best a second. Well, I have to give Milwaukee's a re- best a second chance. Well, no, it's not even that. I have to give Milwaukee's best a second shot because oh. I am at five and six with Milwaukee's best and Ice House. And I'm oh, not sure. I think I'm, okay. I think I'm with you. Okay. I think I'm okay. with you. It's, so overall impression, I guess maybe we jump there with Ice yeah. House. It's kind of watery, kind of very neutral, very plain. Yeah. It's not right? even. It's, yeah. It, it it's so watery that I think it loses that neutrality, you know, and and it 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 gets it's it dips into worse because it's so bland. I'm even more puzzled just because we we talked about the naming technique right when we when we started this out. That makes me even more confused. Why well, would you do that to a beer to create? I mean, when our, you're when you're left with this watery dull flavor well to me what were you trying to accomplish i'm wondering now like what is the complexity of their grain bill like are they using just base malt here and it's just not much complexity and things happen in there like right. we were talking about rice and corn earlier do you think it's all just that or well, could it be a high I, pr- proportions of those maybe a base malt yeah a base malt as well. but mostly rice and corn I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised you know, and, and did, that's a fair point. You know, and I know they didn't, but anyone, did anyone, they, anyone else from Milwaukee's sure. best? <laughs> did they freeze sure. this, take the ice off, and that's what became Ice House beer, and left the rest behind? I can't <laughs> shake that from my brain. I, I'm still thinking about that, and I have no answer. See, now the Milwaukee's best is smelling better to me than the Ice House. Yeah, because it has it has more flavor. 
It's not good flavor, but there's more. <laughs> hey, it's Milwaukee's best. Come on, don't be knocking Milwaukee. <laughs> we already did. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee knocked itself. It's like this is false advertising. You're calling yourself Milwaukee's best. I, fellas, I think we got to do Ice House is six, Milwaukee's best is five. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So we have our rankings. Here we go. Uh, Jason, you want to run them down? Okay. Here are the here are the results. In sixth place, Ice House. In fifth place, Milwaukee's Best Ice. Number four, Miller High Life, the Champagne of Beers. <laughs> Number three, Steel Reserve, eight point one percent high gravity. Number two, Coors Light. <laughs> And number one, all you Cub fans, get ready to cheer. Old style. <laughs> I love Old it. style wins out today. Yeah, it, it was close. Yeah, it was close. It was neck and neck with Coors Light. We had to we had to taste those side by side. Yeah. So there you have it. So now I feel like we got to do like stupid human tricks, and the one that the person that loses has to chug the ice house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the competition? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We, we, we got to come up with that on the fly. <laughs> All right. I'm jumping okay, back to Rich the steel. Rich is going to the, I'm going going back strong. To the steel reserve. <laughs> I, I will, too. Because this is number yeah. three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while. Anyone else? All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a this little warm. The high gravity. I, I feel like this is going to get a little forward. crappier. Well, do you think it will? I mean, sometimes yeah. a beer warming up helps it. One of these? Mm, maybe not one of these. Yeah. Ooh. That is still hot. <laughs> oh, Somehow I, hotter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think the the heat would uh, would dull. I wouldn't expect that. Whew. But somehow, try it. I will make mention to everybody out there that we paid no less, no more than a dollar fifty for a twenty four ounce can of eight yeah. percent beer. Like three of them were on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you could spend five bucks and really do some damage with this beer. Yeah. Steel Reserve will get the job done. Oh, yeah. yeah for will. sure it will. Yeah, it will. Huh. Yeah, I, I am very satisfied with our rankings. I am, too. I think we, I am we too. did it right. I will, I will say that I did not go into this thinking that Old Style was going to be the front runner, considering that we that's where we started. Well, but again, I had no idea. Like, I, I've never had Old Style before, and it's not bad. Yeah. I get why it's been around in Chicago for so long, you know? Yeah. Because even my dad was, when he came out to visit us in Chicago the first time, he's like, oh, I got to go get some old style. Your dad came here to Chicago and said, I need some old style. Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> he knew old style from way back in the day. So, yeah. Wow. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Rich. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, yeah. you are welcome, and thanks for having me, guys. By the way, I'm I'm glad to be a part of the, a nice place to brew. You guys do a fantastic job, and uh, yeah, happy to be here. It's it's a pleasure to have you, and this is one of the most fun episodes we've ever done. Yeah, this one's fun. Yeah. So, a before we break, which we're getting close to, I do want to throw this out there because we are not above bribing you guys to listen to our shows. Yes. Okay. Listen up. You have, have you have some incentive. I have a. 
uh, trivia for the audience. Now, I'm going to put this out on um, Twitter and Facebook and those places once we... Uh, this is not a video podcast, but I'm holding up the prize. <laughs> once, we, uh, once we put this episode out there, yep. I will put this up there. First person to correctly answer the trivia, and you probably know this now, but don't say, is it will get the fourth edition of The Complete Joy of Homebrewing by Charlie Papazian himself which, if you don't know, is the founder of the American Homebrewers Association. And it's a great book. Uh, Jason and I both have it, and uh, we're going give it to give it away to some lucky fan or somebody that just happened to stumble across our, our podcast. So the question is, and you may know this from an external source or you may know it from an episode that we did before, how... When you're doing decoction mashing, there's a limit to the number that you can do. What determines the limit, the maximum number of decoctions you can do during a brew day? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a maximum. I think it's a requirement. It's a requirement. Well, of the number, the number. Let's rephrase the number of de- decoctions that you must do on your brew day must correlate to to something this yes and what is that exactly exactly i don't think i know that guys yeah, yeah. okay okay so i'm not going to throw any hints out there <laughs> all right all right so, so you can respond to us in a number of different ways you can visit our social media pages on facebook and twitter at either a nice place to brew or nice place to brew mm-hmm. you can visit our website at www.aniceplacetobrew.com we do have a contact us forum and we can accept mm-hmm. answers that way. Yes, we can. Um, but I, I look forward to uh, to hearing the feedback from everybody, and I look forward to awarding this out to the first person who uh, responds in. The first person to get it, to get the answer right. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Good prize, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So this, I mean, this this book is a tremendous, tremendous resource. It is. I mean, for one, uh, Charlie Papazian is the founder of the American Homebrewers Association. This dates back about forty years. Charlie's contribution to the to all homebrewers out there cannot be overstated. To the zeitgeist. To the zeitgeist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah. And between this and How to Brew, How to Brew, it, there you I go. I think are like the two quintessential books. Absolutely, I call them the beer bibles, basically yes. for homebrew yeah. yes. bibles. Yeah, that's the old and New Testament right there. There we go. <laughs> well, well said. Well said. No, they're and both get, very good. And you get one of these two just by by answering today's just trivia by questions. Tri- trivia questions. So, what determines the number of decoctions that you must do on your brew day? Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. We can send out today's episode by uh, by taking our uh, select uh, selection of the open cans in front of us. Okay, so hang on. So uh-huh. normally at the end, uh-huh. we're drinking our homebrew. Yes. And we say our thing, and we clink our glasses, and we drink a lot of good beer to make great beer. <laughs> are we what restating we that do? today? <laughs> it takes a lot of okay beers. <laughs> That warm steel reserve. <laughs> you know what? All right, I'm I'm taking the steel reserve back, and I'm going to pour myself just enough that we can that can cheers off today's episode. Take your pick, everybody. Okay, okay George. George style. went back to old I'm style. I'm going to do the old style. Okay, and Rich is 
Going Coors for Coors. Coors. All right. So we've got one, two, and three represented in today's send-off. All right. All right. So, Ready? Yep. It's all yours, George. It takes a lot of okay beer <laughs> to make great beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.